Hello, and welcome to Launch Legends, the only podcast focused exclusively on the stories behind internet marketing's biggest and best launches. Each week, we sit down with an online marketing expert to tell the story of one of their launches, what went well, what didn't, and how much cash they made. And now, your host, Hamad Akbar. Hello and welcome to another episode of Launch Legends. Today we're joined by Sat from AdGrow. AdGrow has grown significantly since they started in 2016. So Sat has an interesting take on product launches. Rather than relying on one launch and putting everything behind it, they've done 20 or 30 launches on Product Hunt. Some did extremely well, some didn't. Sack talks about how they aligned their launches with current world events. For example, they launched a product themed around World Women's Day. They actually launched it on the World Women's Day. That got them huge amounts of traction and leads, and they've done similar launches many times. So if you're thinking about launching your product, you don't want to miss this interview. But before, if you're listening to this on a podcast, please rate and review. If you're watching this on YouTube, please hit the subscribe button, rate, and leave a review. Hey, Zach. Uh, thank you for being on the show. So let's start with uh, telling us who you are and uh, let's talk about your business. So I'm the creative director at outgrow.co, which is an interacting, interactive marketing software. So any kind of user, small business, freelancer, anyone, whoever you are, you can just go on our website. You can easily, without developers or coders, you can just make any applet or widget for your website. You can make quizzes, calculators, tests, Anything that is interactive. So, you know, right now we're living in the information age and there's a lot of information out there, right? So if you're a lawyer, uh, you open your law website and you just uh, put a contact me button there, it's not going to help. No matter how much you text you put there and then you put a contact me call to action, it's not going to help because there are a billion other lawyers who are doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But instead, if you put an interactive applet or widget embedded on your website that says, see how much I can save you in legal fees. Uh, and then it asks a couple of questions and then it shows graphically how much your client is going to save by using your service. Mm -hmm. So, you know, or if you're a real estate agent, you can do similar things. So this is what interactive content does. Mm -hmm. It gives you personalized, it gives your clients or your potential clients a personalized targeted value that makes them enter their lead details and choose your service over all the other billions of other services that are available out there. So, could so you this is just like, yeah. Could you give me an example of someone like a lawyer or a dentist who used your service and then they changed from just a contact us button to uh, you know, a quiz or a calculator? How much change did they see in terms of uh, leads generated? Definitely. Like, for instance, I can give you like the easiest one and the most popular one that comes to mind is uh, this company, a real estate company that wanted to sell uh, these homes well prime real estate property by the seaside in like i think it was like the east coast uh one thing they realized they could do and this was like at the time when airbnb was just kicking off so what they realized was that their target audience is not necessarily people who are just looking to buy homes their their target audience is people who are looking to make investments so what they made was they made this uh calculator that showed you uh, how see how much you can uh, make by Airbnb being your property. And it had some very simple questions like, is your property located near a World Heritage Site? Is your property located near the sea? Is it located like, you know, how often do you want to Airbnb it? How often do you want to do this and that? So it was just seven or eight simple questions. And then it would just show you 
over time, how much money you can make by just Airbnb a property that you buy from them. And right. that just, you know, just boosted the lead generation so much because A, what they're doing is, because if you're living in the information age, you know, there's a new trend happening every now and then. You have to be like on top of the trends. And B, you need to know how to utilize this trend for your own business. And it might not be directly related to your business because who's, I'm like, yes, Airbnb is related to real estate. But who would think of combining it in such a way to actually boost real estate sales? So that's what they did. And it was just such a massive uh, explosion of leads. And I think they also launched it on Product Hunt, Mm -hmm. a version of this calculator. And uh, it got picked up by Trend Hunter. It got picked up by Feedly. It got picked up. So it's just like when you kind of... It's just being aware of the news and knowing that you have this tool like Outgrow on which you can just design something, bring these creative processes together and make something that will just gel in with the zeitgeist of the age and people would understand and they want to take it and all that. So that's just one example that I wanted to give. Yeah, oh, That's a great example. So let's actually go back and uh, just tell me how you actually started the company. Why did you come about with the idea? How did you come Well, up? I was brought in initially. <laughs> Well, the founders were actually working on this company uh, before this, and uh, it was a mobile app-making company. And uh, over time, uh, they made this calculator on their... So they made it themselves. They made this calculator, they embedded it on their website that said, uh, how much does it cost to make an app, right? Mm -hmm. So it was basically, how much does it cost to make an app? And depending on where you hire a developer team, depending on which stores you want to launch it on, depending on the kinds of functionalities you want in the app, these are just a couple of 10 questions that this calculator asks. And through each question, as you click on options, it gives you a customized rate, like a customized cost, how much this app is going to cost you. Now, you know, this is a concrete figure. And like, you know, and this, this was the time, and I mean, it still is the time where people are making a lot of apps, but this was really the time where everyone wanted to make an app, right? Everyone wanted to launch the app on the App Store. And, you know, a lot of these people don't even have experience in app making, but they, but they want to know how much is it going to cost them. They want a ballpark figure without having to get in on, on a call with someone mm. or, you know, without having to, like, enter contact me forms. And they got this figure, and this was really helpful to them. And uh, so they were more likely to use this service that was being direct to them, gave them concrete information, uh, gave them targeted information, and was simple to use. Uh, so that's how, but the, the point is they generated so many leads from this once again, that they figured out the co-founders, Randy and Pratham figured out that, uh, we can just make a tool like this. So they started this other company, outgrow.co mm -hmm. and they brought me in because I was as usual, like, as you were saying earlier as well, having a conversation with them once upon a time, because I was actually doing a PhD in marketing films. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I finished that PhD and then they brought me in to like, they were like, okay, you can market this. And I was just like, yes, it's, it's very exciting because, uh, that's been like my key core interest has been marketing. And so, if someone gives me a good idea. I'm just, what, what year was that when they actually came about with the idea? When did they start to figure out that look, there's a market? So it was around 2016 or 17, roughly. Because like, you know, they get the idea, they're getting all these leads and they start developing it, but it's not officially a company. But, you know, it's starting around then. So it's a rough figure, like a hmm. uh, yearly time when they start doing this. So it was exciting. So I started working for them. And it's just been, to me, it's like, I like the software so much. And I know it sounds... Uh, <laughs> It sounds too much, but for me, it's like even in my free time, I go on the software and make stuff like in my free time because it doesn't even take long. Like uh, we did something for the, uh, what was it? So for the coronavirus, for instance, uh, mm -hmm. as soon as, uh, so as soon as coronavirus started, some of the countries were taking quick steps, right? So they banned all the restaurants. They're like, no restaurant can be open because we don't want public communal spaces where people are eating because that's one of the surest way. 
that this is going to spread. So the restaurants were like, oh, we're banned. But, you know, what was not banned was takeaway restaurants. Mm -hmm. So the main restaurants, high-end restaurants, which were usually not into takeaway, were like, okay, we're going to do takeaway too. Uh, So the takeaway market exploded. And this was in Europe, it exploded first because Europe was the one experimenting with banning all restaurants first. The U.S. was kind of a bit late on the response, uh, which was good because I was in Europe at that time. And uh, I was just like, okay, so what we can do is on Outgrow, we can make uh, POS systems, which we hadn't done before, but a point of sale system. So, you know, a McDonald's type build your own burger menu. So when you walk into McDonald's, they're like, oh, choose your bun type, choose your meat type, choose your vegetables, choose your sauces. So that kind of simple interactive menu, we made that on Outgrow within a weekend because it was possible to do it. It's just that no one had thought of doing that before and the need wasn't there before. So that's how it started. And then it exploded. Like every restaurant was just like, this is easy to make. We want to use this template. And then, you know, we had that, we just gelled into that kind of moment and everyone was using it and it was helpful for everyone. You're providing a service. It was cheaper than actually hiring a developer at these times and all that. So it was just, you know, so these are the key thing is like, when you have a no code software, mm-hmm. the easiest thing is the moment you get an idea, you can realize it very swiftly. And that's what most no-code software founders will tell you. The biggest advantage is not that you didn't need to no-code. The biggest advantage is that if you get an idea, you don't actually have to bring in developers. You don't have to bring in big teams. You don't have to bring in, like, you know, if this was Nike, they would probably have to go through several departments, like, even realize this. But if you're, like, a small business owner or a medium-sized business owner, you Mm -hmm. can do this over a weekend, test it out, doesn't work, improve it, put A-B tests, put as much as you want. So, you know. So that was a long answer to how did I get involved in the company, but yeah, I'm very involved, as you can see. So I actually want to get back, go back to how you got your first customer and how you grew from there. But as you were talking about um, building those uh, no code, you know, the, the calculators and all that stuff, the restaurants, mm-hmm. they, they they had a bunch of you know things going on for themselves. Yeah. How do you sell? Is it people come and sign up and basically sign up for the free trial and then upgrade? Or do you have a sales team that sells, that sells to them? Because I would, I would imagine a lot of people would sign up, but they would not use the software because they would find it slightly difficult to create the quiz and the calculators. Well, the two things. A, when we come up with an idea, we launch it. So where do we launch it? We launch it on Product Hunt. We launch it on... Uh, uh hacker news we launch it in several places to see whether there's interest i'm like yes we launch it and we get a lot of interest at times uh a that's the one thing we first launch it to see how popular it is Mm -hmm. uh once that usually usually that just picks up on product on we just get a lot of votes and that anyway picks up and that's fine uh b once we know that there is some kind of interest and it is gelling in with some kind of uh, interest in the market right now Mm -hmm. then our sales team gets involved and then they start targeting people so that's mm-hmm. B. The C, we do marketing campaigns. We, uh, you know, if we are launching to restaurants, we know we know restaurants. We look up restaurants in a city and we just blanket email them. So, you know, we, we know that they're going to be closed. We know they are looking for alternative services like, you know, uh, Uber Eats and all that for deliveries. But do they want to just automate that delivery process themselves? So, you know, we, we offer that option. So that's the third option. And what else do we do? We advertise on Facebook. Uh, that's one another thing we do. So PPC, because uh, if you're, again, like if you're gelling in with something that is relevant, mm-hmm. it's just going to be, even if you're advertising, it's just going to be pushed farther on and further on. Mm-hmm. So there's several methods in which we actually do that. And even on Product Hunt, if we launch something, it just gets picked up because I'm quite sure. And that's how we got picked up on Trend Hunter is that uh, there are 
news websites that are looking at product hunt. There's someone assigned to look at product hunt and be like, what do you see here that's relevant? Bring it on the website. We need to uh, mention it. So, you know, it's just this entering this automated field of like, you know, if you just have something going, the people start like copying it and all that. So that's usually the method, but that's the launch method. We also talk about it on our podcasts uh, yeah. and all that. So yeah, that's generally how we make it work. So let's, uh, sorry, let's talk about your product hunt launches. So it's very great when you're saying that as soon as you have an idea, you kind of just quickly, quickly build it and just launch it on product hunt. So I've I've talked to a lot of people and they've had different experiences where some great products go on product hunt and they get no traction because they just didn't plan for it properly. Or someone else might just put up like a very crappy app, a free app, but it's all shiny and it's got some small crappy thing to do and it just goes viral and it gets a lot of uh, upload. Yeah. What's your experience like and what's the sequence of events? You go through before you launch on that. I mean, of course, product hunt is like, well, this is the thing as well, right? You know, product hunt is a coin toss, really. Like, you know, it might not launch at all or it may launch in product hunt. So that's why just it's just one avenue. But B, you have to be like aware of what's happening in product hunt. So for instance, uh, once we <laughs> once we did, okay, so I'll give you a couple of examples. One was when the CEO of product hunt, Ryan Hoover, he once tweeted out, uh, and we have a social media manager who's, you know, observing all this. Uh-huh. He once tweeted out saying, it would be nice to see a tool that helps you uh, figure out whether you should raise venture capital for your startup at this point or whether you should not. Mm-hmm. And again, so you see that tweet and you've seen that he's kind of interested in that and there's traction on that. Now, if you have a no-code tool like Outgrow, you can actually just make this in two days. So, you know, if you had, a, like, if you had to hire a developing team and brainstorm it, none of that's required. You just need someone who understands venture capital and you need a no-code tool. So I myself just went out there and I just I was just like, okay, in two days, we're just going to make this. We made a tool that would just tell you whether you need venture capital for a startup in two days. And we posted on Product Hunt. Obviously, someone from Product Hunt told Ryan Hoover that, oh my God, it's on Product Hunt two days after you posted that tweet. So he tweeted that out. He tweeted out our product. So we immediately got an immediate boost. And then we retweeted his tweet. And then, uh, you know, it was just like, it, it just made a whole community. To me, it's just like, if you're launching a product, you got to like enjoy it and not think of it as a task. And also just don't think that, oh, there's a guaranteed success. No, no, no. You don't have to think there's going to be a guaranteed success. You have to think uh, it might fail, but you also have to understand that you need to make it quickly. Like you have to launch several products. And, you know, we've had products that have failed, that haven't had much traction. And, you know, that's okay. For the coronavirus thing, what we did was... Uh, there was actually a coronavirus hackathon on Product Hunt. And we were aware that this hackathon is happening. I'm like, if, you, if, if your social media manager is just checking out Product Hunt, you know, among other things, mm-hmm. he should be able to tell you that there's a hackathon happening. Mm-hmm. And so there was a hackathon happening where we submitted our product and uh, then we just reached the finalists like in the hackathon. So it was just, uh, it wasn't like, we didn't even have to like go through a voting process because the voting was kind of a closed voting thing. So, mm-hmm. so it's just several things. I think living in the information age, coming back to my key core thing that I keep talking about in a lot of podcasts is living in the information age is knowing that your social media manager, your analytics manager just knows what kind of information to take. And over the rings of your company, only the most relevant information needs to be passed on to you. The fact that there's a coronavirus hackathon happening I need to know about it, but I also don't have the time to like look at 15 websites and see what's happening. There needs to be someone who's looking at it, sifting that information, getting it to you, and you figuring out, I can actually make something for that in a day and you know, post it. So it's, you know, it's stuff like that. So it's just need, you need to be aware of what's happening, I think, 
Because people just say like marketing is like, oh, you need to be aware of the marketing trends. I think it's more than that. It's, it's, it's being aware of what's happening in the news in general. Because the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning is I read the news. I read every news website. Like I read like six or seven news websites across the world. And I think that's what I think key marketers are doing as well, because they're not deriving their marketing strategies from other marketers. They're deriving it from what's actually happening in the world. And I think that's one of the key things to keep in mind for launches. Yeah, That's great. I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, so you look out for the opportunities and you just make them work for you. So coronavirus, like you said, you yeah. guys boosted themselves. And a lot of people were they just, uh, you know, cutting back on everything. You guys went out there and made, made, you know, made coronavirus happen for you, basically. Work for you where your sales exploded. Yeah, because every time someone is in need, I think coronavirus really did put so many sectors and businesses in, like, a bad position. And our, our, our response was, like, how can our software help that? Because for us, it was like a challenge for our software. Just, like, can our software adapt to these times? and help these small businesses in need because to me it was just sad to see you know so many businesses suffering and so we also have like this offer we just gave out one of our content pieces it's like forms and surveys it's free for the rest of 2020 like you guys can use it for free for the rest of 2020 just to help these businesses out so to for us it was just uh, a way to help these restaurants that were suffering really so yeah great so Zach, let's go back to product hunt launches um the one you just talked about is amazing. You just actually looked out for what Ryan Hoover said and you just made something happen for him. And that just gave you lots of uh, um, exposure. Traction. That, that mm-hmm. particular launch, uh, how, many, how many leads did you generate? And did you hit like top five on the day or something? Well, this was like two years ago. So I actually don't remember. But we were in the top five. I think we were in the top five or seven. We've been actually in the top five many times. Uh, for once, it was for our chatbots feature. We were in the top five. Once it was, we made a gender pay gap calculator, which showed you how much you would actually make uh, if you were a woman. Uh, and that was, we launched that on the International Women's Day. And that was, I think, number four on Product Hunt on International Women's Day. So I mean, it's just to be aware of the marketing trends. And also, like when you're working for, like in the information age, once again, using that term, when you're working for a company, informatics or inf- interactive content company like Outgrow, I mean, it depends on what you guys are doing, right? So if I'm working for this company, I look at International Women's Day, I want to see how my company can contribute to this day. And then when I make something like a gender pay gap calculator, it's, 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 it's relevant. And that's the key thing in the information age. <laughs> I was on a podcast once and someone said, this is not the information age anymore. It's the misinformation age because there's so much information. So the key thing is to be on relevant platforms with relevant data. And that's what is going to launch you because we made this calculator based on an IMF report, mm-hmm. uh, IMF report 2018 or something, uh, gender pay gap report. And so it was based on concrete data. And that's why it was like, you know, relevant. So that was the time we were number four on Product Hunt. And then uh, again, I think, I remember, again, another example is when the it's still going on, the Black Lives Matter moment, the day the biggest rally was planned, like this was going to be the weekend where there was going to be really big protests across the states. We got in touch with a lot of professors in the U.S. who work in the economic, I think, uh, Harvard Business School, etc. We just sent them an email and we said, we want to help in actually showing that there's actually a gap like between 
how coronavirus is affecting uh, certain communities and how the pay gap has actually so the racial pay gap in the US has actually increased since 2000s and that's why like people we like okay when you look at the black lives matters movement it's actually in tune with this knowledge with most of like the US might not be aware of the fact that the racial pay gap has actually increased so we made a calculator for that and we were for like i think <laughs> product hunt open and we put that on product hunt with like in collaboration with all these schools and for like i think half the day we were like in the top 3 positions but again like when you do something like this there's a lot of like uh there's a lot of uh, controversy being generated because you know so but that kind of like there's a lot of comments on that thread there's a lot going on but at the end of the day we were number 1 number 2 number 3 number 2 number 1 we're just like it's fluctuating so badly so to me it's like when you're launching something you got to be excited about it you got to be like oh this is what i want to do i'm contributing to something is relevant uh and all that stuff so yeah i think that's another that's example that's amazing so it's like um how many how many launches have you done on product hunt it looks like you guys do one like every couple of months oh no no we don't do that. <laughs> it's not every couple of months it's literally when we feel that uh, something is relevant like when we feel that you know uh this is something we want to contribute to so i could even say that it's a regular thing we do and that's one thing we kind of avoid we avoid making it a task so i don't actually go and tell someone on my team every three months we have to launch something on product hunt to be relevant on product hunt we avoid that because that makes it a chore and the moment it becomes a chore or something they have to do like regularly they start forcing themselves to do it and the creativity declines immediately and it it has to be based on i think it more has to be based on like an immediate thing an immediate yeah, idea and like you're right because immediate. also at the same yeah. time if they are basically if you are doing it every so often let's say every 3 months and mm. uh, it was really like hoping that it goes well and you, like you say you know is yeah. it's a hit or miss if you don't hit then uh, you know they've done all the hard work and it doesn't go too well then they blow up and you know what's the point but if you do it yeah. randomly where there's some something happening in the world and you actually align yeah. yourself with it and then launch it then uh, if it does well great if yeah. not you yeah. still try it right so it's okay well which is my idea for a social media manager as well like we've had huge discussions about you know cuz facebook has removed like actively facebook does not want to show business posts to users anymore by which i mean if you have a business page and you're posting stuff Facebook avoids now showing that on people's news feed and this was like 2 years ago they made this policy that like we wanted to make it less business friendly and more user interaction friendly Facebook so i think the whole point because i think over the time businesses have gotten kind of gotten lost and marketing have has kind of gotten lost in like regular posting i see this twitter accounts with like regular posting and i just feel that just becomes such an inundation of information on you like that's exactly what the information age shouldn't be uh and so i have this thing with my social media manager i've just like stop posting every day we can't we can't like cuz if i was a human being i wouldn't be posting every day i don't have the energy i don't have the time i wouldn't be perceived as a human if i was posting every day so post when you feel there's something relevant and that's the same for product on post when you feel that there's something relevant don't just post for the sake of posting and and all that you know i just feel one should do it if there's something relevant and even if you get like one post a month on social media on your instagram on your facebook that goes viral or like one post every two months one post every three months that goes viral that's still better than posting every day and that's 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 my philosophy and i think eventually the whole social media thing is going to collapse if it doesn't actually uh get over this posting every day or posting that i see some twitter influencers marketing influencers who post like every 30 minutes because they've just put it on buffer and they're just going like that i'm just like obviously that's not what it was meant for so yeah that's Well yeah I think for some people is working well like people like Grant Cardone and uh, 
you know, Gary Vee and all those people. Obviously, this is working for them. That's why they keep posting. Um, it's like at least 10 or 15 posts a day. But yeah, you're right. The way I look at it, I mean, when I look at it, I have built blindness. Yeah. Like, I, I don't look at them anymore. Those posts, they, I just kind of just glance over them and ignore them. So maybe that's a side effect as well. Yeah. So uh, let's go back to you. Cool. I'm actually quite interested in your product home launches again. Um, yeah. Again, how many have you done so far? I have no idea how many I've done so far. <laughs> uh, it's because it's not just me doing it. It's also like we have other people in the company and we just, we shuffle. So we don't actually like one person doing it. We do like several people doing it. And it's been three years. Uh, I think they're like 20, maybe 30. I don't actually oh. know. Maybe more than that. I don't know. There's been a lot. Wow. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. That's, that's, that's really good. And apart from... I mean, because we're referring to it as launches because... That's still a heavy term. It's just like we had something to put on product and we put it on product hunt. Like, you know, it's not it's not a launch. We're not even looking at it as like an event as much as we're looking at it as something of relevance that we posted on product hunt. It's it's more like that. It's uh that's what I'm getting at because a lot of people actually yeah. put a lot of energy behind one product hunt launch. And then if it does well, fair enough. Um, then they write yeah. a blog post on it that look, we generated X amount of leads and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. But then for most people, it doesn't do well. And then they get, then they're like, oh man, you know, product hunt is useless. There's nothing that comes out of it. But your strategy is completely different. You make sure that you launch something that's uh, interesting, that's aligned with something that's happening in the world. And then you launch it. Yeah. And, uh, if it does well, fair enough. If it doesn't, so what? Because there's going to be a new one coming up very soon for you guys. That's what I think. What's his name? Uh, there are two examples, very relevant examples I can give you here. Uh, about marketing is how the Tour de France came to me. This is our strategy, basically. You know, the Tour de France, the big cycling race that happens in France, the Tour de France. Mm-hmm. Uh, it came into being because there was this struggling newspaper that wanted to increase newspaper sales. Mm-hmm. So they launched this huge, you know, uh, newspaper delivery service. And aside from that, they're like, oh, it could just be a cycling thing across France. So, you know, it's not direct marketing your product. So even when you go on product hunt, don't directly market your product, market it around an event that's happening. So they started Tour de France just because they wanted to market a newspaper in the same way as the Michelin star restaurants. They only exist because there were these French brothers who were selling tires. And, Mm. and, you know, so they were into motor, uh, uh, what's it called? Motor cars uh, Mm. back in the day. So they're like, we make motor cars. We want to sell more tires. So we'll publish this guide called the Michelin guide that will show motorists what are the nice stops to stop by on the road. So they published the Michelin Guide and then it just became the Michelin Star Restaurant and it's the biggest brand ever. So my thing with marketing and product hunt is stop trying to directly sell your product. Sell your product through events. Sell your product through something relevant. So every time we put a calculator on there, uh, you know, it's, uh, it is obviously, it's a calculator and that's what a company makes and our logo is there, but it's not about the calculator or the company that day. It's about something else. It's about, you know, showing a particular statistic. It's about showing, we made like a, we made a calculator for International Children's Day, mm-hmm. uh, which was, <laughs> it was kind of controversial. It was how much uh, does it cost to raise a child mm-hmm. now? Like this is excluding tuition fees, excluding everything else. And we launched it on Product Hunt. Uh, so. It was called Million Dollar Babies because believe it or not, to bring up a child in the US, excluding education, excluding everything, just to bring up a child, you have a million dollars worth worth of lost wage growth for the partner, for the parent. And, you know, and it was just called Million Dollar Babies. We just put it out there on International Children's Day and it just, it was on top five. So, you know, uh, it's just, uh, it's just, you know, marketing around the events and trying to not market your product, 
but something that your product can show to the world. And in this case, that's what our product could show, yeah. So, Zach, uh, I know you probably wouldn't know the number, but among all the launches, how many leads roughly do you reckon you, you guys have generated? Well, I actually don't remember the number, but there have been significant amounts. Like, I, I do remember so once there were so many leads coming in that we had to put the lead gen lock at the very beginning because we're like, okay, let's not even, like, lose any. Let's just put it, like, at the beginning because there were just so many coming in and we're just like, are these relevant? Because this is when we actually launched our chatbot feature, mm -hmm. uh, Outgrow Chatbots. This was much before any other kind of software had even realized that you can actually present forms mm -hmm. as chatbots, conversational chatbots. And we launched this on Product Hunt and it just exploded. And there were so many leads. We're like, okay, let's just put the lead gen form like in the welcome page because we, we, we don't even know what to do with so many leads. So let's just qualify them further. Let's like only get the relevant ones. So there are a lot of leads. And, and as far as leads are go, I mean, I don't have the stats, but I, what I do want to point out, it wasn't just Product Hunt that was getting the leads because we had put it on like, you know, Hacker News and, you know, all that. And then there were, other websites like Trend Hunter, Feedly coming in and picking this up and like putting it there. So the leads were coming from so many other different places through methods that we didn't have anything to do with. These were just picked up from uh, Product Hunt, etc. So that's what happened there. Yeah. So, uh, imagine someone's listening to this and they've done one Product Hunt launch or they've done or they're thinking about doing it, but they listen to this and think, oh, yeah, you know what? I need to actually go for more launches than one. Uh, to have a better chance of success. But they don't have a software like yours, Acro, where you can actually you know, create different calculators. What would you say to them? What, what should they do? Well, so I used to like, I think, I think, I think it's Rand Fishkin, or maybe it was Gary V. one of them said that, is to understand, so like to be able to market your product on Product Hunt, first you have to understand what your product is why it is and what does it solve and once you have like written those three things down they should be like constantly on your mind mm -hmm. then b what you can do is when you go on outgrow our website uh you can go to the resources section and there you'll find a marketing calendar a marketing trends calendar mm -hmm. and there on that calendar you will see the most relevant events around which you can market so the whole of the social media sphere, I would say, whole of the marketing sphere lights up during certain events. And it happens like, you know, when the NBA finals are happening or when the Cannes Film Festival is happening or, you know, when any kind of market event is happening that's going to send Twitter a buzz. Uh, you need to market around those events uh, and you have to find out which of these events are relevant for your company. Because Product Hunt, I think... And from my experience, obviously, because it's not all automated, there are humans working at Product Hunt. And if it's International Women's Day or if it's like, you know, International Children's Day or if it's like, you know, the NBA Finals or if it's the Met Gala or if it's the Oscars, they're looking for launches that are relevant to that. Because Product Hunt doesn't just want your product to go on top of Product Hunt. They also want to be able to talk about your product on Twitter. Like, you know, if it was in the top five, they want to be like, hey, this was top five on Product Hunt. It's related to the Oscars. So, you know, Twitter picks that up. So, you know, the Product Hunt has its own marketing team and they're more likely to pick up your product and, you know, uh, put it in the top 10 features list. Because, you know, one thing you have to understand is uh, a lot of products are launched on Product Hunt in a particular day, like I think like 20, 30, 40, 50. But only 10 or 15 of them reach the Product Hunt homepage. And this is not decided by an algorithm. This is decided by someone sitting at Product Hunt who mm -hmm. decides 
which 10 of these are going to be on the front page? 15. I think it's maximum 15 to 20 that come on the front page of Product Hunt. Mm -hmm. And so now why, why is this important that you get featured on the front page of Product Hunt? Is because when people are going to vote, they're not actually looking at uh, the one that's the 40th in the list. They're looking at the ones in the top 20 and then they're just scrolling down to, you know, yesterday's products and day before's product. I don't know. I'm like, if you guys have noticed, uh, there are two tabs that show up. One, one is like featured and popular and newest. And usually the popular ones, there, there might be some products with like two votes that are in the popular category. And I think that's being selective. I'm, I'm not an expert in it, but I do think that someone out there is selecting the relevant products and saying, okay, let's put these here and let's see how much votes they get. So that's the popular newest. So that's the thing. So the, re the, the way you're going to be selected into the popular section is if you are actually in line with the news trend, marketing trend, mm -hmm. or what is happening in the world trend. For that, just check out the trending, trending events uh, calendar that's done outgrowing the resources section. So that's one thing. And B, I don't know what anyone's business is, but, but I know how their business is relevant to outgrow, by which I mean outgrow is a marketing tool. Mm -hmm. In the information age, you need to be able to present your business infographically with stats and everything. And so when I say we make calculators about outgrow for outgrow, anyone who's listening to this podcast, they can make calculators, quizzes, tests, contests about their business relevant to a marketing trend or a marketing event and then launch that on Product Hunt. So, so you're not actually, you're using a very modern kind of marketing where you don't need any developers or coders. You make something, so if it's a real estate business, right? Because the Airbnb calculator, right? Uh, the real estate company makes the Airbnb calculator, puts it on Product Hunt. Yeah. And so this is not getting leads to outgrow. These leads are going to the real estate company because they're collecting all these leads from that calculator that's been put on Product Hunt. And even the outgrow logo is not there. The real estate company's logo is there. So if someone clicks, they just end up on that real estate company's website. So... So the clever thing to do would be, uh, A, to look at the marketing trends calendar, B, to understand that there's a pow powerful no-code marketing tool like Outgrow that any industry or company can use. Like we service 21 different industries and you know 31 different types of uh, companies like real estate, uh, uh, food and beverage, uh, you know, health and fitness, influencers, all kinds of industries. You can see ready-made templates for this on our Outgrow website. You just go to Outgrow, go to templates, you'll see ready-made templates that you can just customize over the weekend if necessary. It's just easy to do then just launch it on Product Hunt. Launch it on as many websites as you can and mm -hmm. someone's going to pick it up. So that's my deal. I'm like, uh, I didn't even know that there were 21 different industries possible until like we had all these kind of customers saying, can we do this? Can we do this? Can we do this? And you know, so that's what I would recommend uh, if you guys really want successes in your launch because it's one thing to just launch a website and it's quite another to launch something that's interactive yeah. and that's giving something targeted in return. So, yeah. Great. Zach, thank you very much. That was great information and uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Really appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having me, Ahmad. And that's it for this episode of Launch Legends. If you enjoyed listening and would like us to find and share more online marketing launch stories, please search for Launch Legends in your favorite podcast listening app. And then subscribe, rate, and review. Until next time.